Hey everybody, I'm Marlon Thompson and you're listening to Nerd World Politics. Hello everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Nerd World Politics with Marlon Thompson and yours truly, Brendan J. Alexi. That's right folks, we're back with a brand new episode for 2020 with the same old social justice commentary on pop culture that gets Star Wars fans so angry. <laughs> Speaking of which, we know that we've been kind of out of it for a year, a year. now. <laughs> but that just means that there's a lot to discuss. Between December last year and January this year, a lot of shit has gone down. A Hearthstone tournament was implicated in Hong Kong pro-democracy riots. Critically acclaimed movie Parasite ignited strong opinions about foreign representation at the Oscars yet again. Kobe Bryant's death has a lot of folks in their feelings, including Me Too thoughts. And well, there was yet another Star Wars movie. How can we not talk about it? <laughs> All that, plus perhaps the strangest story I've heard in a while surrounding T-Pain? More about that and more as we continue. Hey folks, firstly... Let me issue an apology for the handful of folks who might have been really looking forward to a new episode of Nerd World Politics in 2019. We've been off of it for a year now, but not because of a lack of desire. Last year was a busy one for Marlon and I, but for me in particular, I moved, completed an international fellowship, got married, and had a wedding photo blow up on Reddit. <laughs> a lot has been going on, but I've always wanted to get back into it. Me as well. I, I've, I haven't had such life-changing stuff happen as Brendan, but ever so often I'd message Brendan or call him up and we'd be like, we need to talk about this, man, and I've got so much to say. So now that we've all kind of settled again, we thought we'd give it a shot with some quick thoughts about some of the things that we missed over yeah. the last couple of um, And I think that's actually a really interesting place to start for me. Um, kind of also kind of brings a lot of the thoughts around why we wanted to do nerd world politics. It kind of like brings it all together for me in a way that makes sense. And that's actually um, the Hearthstone controversy that happened late last year. So for those who don't know, um, subsequent to some legal reforms that have been happening between um, Hong Kong and mainland China, there was a, a huge resurgence, a huge uh, popular mo movement for uh, democracy in Hong Kong. Um, that's got, that's been long and it's uh, become somewhat uh, violent. I think it's still ongoing to this day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think and so. And one of the really interesting things that happened as a result of the movement when it just began is that a, uh, a Chinese Hearthstone um, competitor, uh, competitive Hearthstone player, uh, in the middle of a tournament live stream, um, made comments calling for um, Hong Kong to be free of mainland China. Uh, for those who don't know the whole story, I'll try to link it in the description because it's a long and actually kind of complicated story. But it ended not just in that streamer being um, suspended from competitive parts to play and having to... Um, refund his winnings but even the streamers even the shoutcasters for that tournament who were present when he said it also got fired um 
I think his the length of his suspension got reduced and he got his winnings back. But it was just like a big hole, a big old mess. Um, right, Blizzard yeah. argued that their um, legal perspective was that, or their, or rather their um, their overall perspective was that because it's a tournament and not a political live stream and because the contract actually prohibits him from saying anything or doing anything the streamer that is the competitor from doing anything that would put potentially put blizzard in disrepute they had the grounds to remove him from the competition um but then folks did some digging and realized that activision blizzard who actually who um, is the designer distributor for hearthstone is partially owned by this huge Chinese tech company called Tencent. A lot of game companies are, including folks like Riot Games. Um, And because of that, a lot of game companies have been making some questionable political decisions as it pertains to um, issues such as these, especially when it comes to mainland China and and, um, Chinese influence on politics. Um, It's kind of died down now, um, but only after... um, They've kind of been two camps, right? There's one that says um, we'll never play a single game from Activision Blizzard ever again. And then there's another another group that is using um, 3D models of May from Overwatch um, to dress her up like, um, like a pro-democracy protester. Um, it's just a really interesting conversation, but it's also a really interesting conversation about like whether... Um, pop culture like this can actually ever be separate from from video games and from pop culture. I know you don't play Hearthstone, Marlon, but what are your? I I I I played it in the earlies. I think I actually still have some credits in Hearthstone, so I should really <laughs> go back and money before it dies. Play it. I I kind of spent real money on Hearthstone, so I feel yeah, I I feel. Because I, I was all in Hearthstone in the earlies. I was like, oh, card battle game. Oh, what's this? And I fell for the hype. Um, full disclosure, I played Overwatch like half an hour oh. ago. So, <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't touched <laughs> Since that thing happened in December, I haven't touched a Blizzard property. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so good. We have both <laughs> sides of it. Um, not that... And I, I observed the entire... Because at that time, there were so many things going on with Hong Kong. And the Hong Kong situation is so complex. When you read up about, you know, when you go into the past and the history of how Hong Kong was formed and the whole arrangement between the British and the Chinese and all of that, it gets really, really messy. And, I mean, even I observed when the NBA and all the NBA players like LeBron and they... Um, you know, came out and it basically, oh no, you, we, we have to yeah, support China. Yeah, bending over backwards. Because, yeah, bending over backwards for the money. I mean, uh, I'm going to get back to this, but I, like on another podcast, I heard this and I'll be really quick with the story. Was this guy who wrote a story about um, a, like a kiss ban? You remember the, this mm-hmm. back in the 70s, yeah. the ban kiss, right? Only vegan, and that it was this whole. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but he wrote uh, something, some story based on a kiss-like band, and it was pitched, and a Chinese company picked it up, and he said, "Hey, we like the idea, but could you change the kiss band to like a K-pop group? And instead of this, you can do wow. this." And then he was like, "All right, yeah, you, you've changed the whole idea of what the thing is about." And it, it, it's, I mean, it's a lot about the Chinese influence in. 
it, it seems all things now. And, and I felt that this with Blizzard sparked that. And I was perturbed by it. But as I said, I'm, maybe I'm a fake <laughs> social justice warrior, but I still, I still play Overwatch. I, and I felt maybe it was because I weren't, wasn't, I'm not as close to hearts to it, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm leaning on you in terms of your views on this to maybe let me play Overwatch. Yes. <laughs> Because I kind of like no, Overwatch. And, 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 and I'll be honest and say it's a big challenge for me too because I actually super like Overwatch. Yeah. This happened yeah. the week after, I think, they had announced Overwatch 2 and I was super excited for Overwatch 2, right? Because I super... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah, for that. I, I have... I, I wish... I'll, I'll see if I could like attach a photo of this in my um in the description as well. I love Overwatch so much, you guys, that I have a Zenyatta and Moira. Uh, I have a Zenyatta um, Funko and uh, Moira Funko on my office oh, desk right now. I did not, yeah, and I, I want to get notice. another Zenyatta. I, That's how. <laughs> I'm, I'm very of that. <laughs> yeah, I got them when I was in the US last year, and like I just want to collect oh. every single Overwatch Funko. <laughs> it's it's a problem. Um, but yeah, like I'm super into Overwatch and like, and my knee jerk reaction when it all happened was actually a lot like those folks who say, keep politics out of my video games is that, yeah, I understand this person's desire, um, to engage politically using the only platform that they have, which was this tournament. But my instinct is please don't ruin Overwatch for me. (laughs) Come out a new game <laughs> early this year. I I really just want to get it and be able to play it without feeling like I'm going to hell. Um, but that's actually kind of the thing is that uh, one um, there are there are there are people, young people especially, whose only platform with which they engage with this information and, and are able to disseminate their politics around these informations is actually video games. When you, when you think about it yeah. that way, right? Let me tell you another interesting story because it's also going to come up later on in the podcast. Do you want to know how I found out that Kobe Bryant passed away? It oh. was a video game stream. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty. Um, there was a Call of Duty tournament that I was watching on YouTube. And in the comments, I kept on seeing people saying, RIP Kobe. And I'm like, there's no one on any of these teams named Kobe. What is going on? <laughs> and it and it also like people were teasing that there was a celebrity um, a celebrity um, Call of Duty game that was supposed to happen later. I didn't know if Kobe was supposed to be on it, and people thought that he was trash. So I was just so confused. And then they interrupted an ad read to announce Kobe Bryant's passing. That's how I found out that Kobe Bryant passed away. Okay. It's from a video game stream. It's, it's kind of impossible to presume that when, especially um, esports, especially competitive video games, are getting so huge nowadays that there are not individuals, especially young people or, or young-ish people like myself, because I get old, um, who don't consume a lot of their news, a lot of their, uh, a lot of their um, information in real time um, by the streamers that they enjoy or the video games that they end up watching on other um, content mediums. Um, This person thought that the only platform that they had to bring 
an international truth and international kind of attention around um, what was happening in Hong Kong was to interrupt his own chance to make a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. To let the whole yeah. world know. Yeah. And that's yeah, and that's what I respected with him. And that's why I mean I'm down I'm very down with protests. I'm I am not one of those persons who oh, you shouldn't protest now, you shouldn't protest when protests are supposed to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And a protest for me is only of worth if you are risking yeah, something. Yeah, it has to be disruptive. And for me, I, you know, yeah, it has to be disruptive. You have to be risking something, basically. You know, there's there's no easy way to say it. Some people want to be, to, to cuddle and, and say, oh, no, not now. Um, I'm also interested is, is that have we reached the point where we could separate the influence of, countries like China, who, I mean, it's a huge revenue base. Well, not right now with the coronavirus. There's, I mean, no, but that, even, we're actually seeing Yeah, the that's, the, that's the thing too, is that even, even not yeah. being, even not being able to perform yeah. in China for completely separate reasons yeah. um, has like almost devastating effects on some markets. Yeah. 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 So, so have, have we reached, how, have you reconciled you know, you're moving forward, your relationship with Blizzard or your relationship with any gaming company, which um, I just, Here's what I'll say too, right? Is that um, it's, it's kind of connected as well to the idea that everything is political. Um, I, yeah. stopped, I stopped messing with um, Riot Games a long time a long time ago and it wasn't necessary it wasn't about the 10 cent stuff it was because that there were numerous allegations from um from women who worked used to work at riot games um about implications of sexual harassment and a, a boys club culture uh, within the organization that i never felt like riot reasonably responded to does that have anything to do with their games arguably not yeah no, we, we can't argue that playing um, League of Legends makes you a sexist. But what we can say is that yeah. every single time you buy a skin or log an hour or watch one of their um, watch one of their streams, um, you're not just providing them revenue and justifying their um, sponsorship and their continued investments, um, but you're saying that despite the fact that those things are those those instances of of harassment and abuse of power exist in the public sphere that doesn't matter to you because you get to move some pixels around on a screen and it makes you smile <laughs> and i do think that that's a reasonable i do think that's a reasonable excuse even if that's something that you enjoy it's if, if it's something that you enjoy so much that it brings you um peace and joy and comfort like you marlon if um Running a quick game mm. of Overwatch after work is what really like brings you out of a long day of work. I think you should absolutely go ahead and play. But we need also to be mindful of the fact that every time we uh, make particular kinds of decisions about the media that we consume, knowing certain things about the um, about the people who make the media that we consume, we are at least accidentally feeding their ability to continue doing those things whether they're right or wrong and i think that that's 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 my big thing about it about i don't think like i even actively put overwatch or put activision blizzard on the list 
Uh, I think it's just like every time I like I feel the itch, I'm like, eh. but their response because they made an apology at um, E3, I think. Yeah, BlizzCon. At BlizzCon, at BlizzCon. BlizzCon. yeah, they made an apology yeah. at BlizzCon, and I was like, that's sweet and all. But you deliberately didn't respond to any of the actual concerns that people had, which means that you sat down with somebody and crafted something specifically crafted that, yeah. so that you wouldn't have to address people's real concerns about why you made the decision that you made. It's okay to, it's okay to screw up, yeah? It's okay to say we acted rashly and we genuinely think that that was not our place or our decision to make. Um, but instead it was this um, kind of wishy-washy... Um, we care very strongly about these kinds of values spiel um, that didn't actually address why people were concerned or upset. Um, and then they're still making all of the same decisions that kind of cast people out of making um, political statements. I still don't think, for instance, that I, I, I'll later verify this to be sure, but I don't think they ever reinstated um, the prize money of the guy that they suspended from tournament play. Um, and it took them two weeks while all of this was going on to be like, well, yeah, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have suspended him. And we certainly shouldn't have suspended the two shoutcasters who didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was just kind of messy. Yeah. And the, and I'm, and I'm, and, I, and I'm even more terrified at the fact that, that their organizations are willing to bend over backwards in those ways. Um, with the expectation that we will just forget about it and go back to our play, to playing our favorite games, that I think is that I think is the thing that really makes me kind of wary. Is that they have that expectation that you know what a month will pass and they'll be like, yeah, but I like playing this game, so fuck it, I'm gonna just play it. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to be that guy who just forgets that people made a decision that impacted the lives of other people because it was because it it was convenient to their bottom line and i decided that that was okay now that being said if you if you really love the game i think you should also be okay to play it um because it also i don't know it's it's, it's a complicated thing i think um a, a game development team is filled of hundreds of people sometimes um not all of which uh feel the same way there are a lot of people within riot games for instance um that don't feel the way that riot upper management does and that's and that's demonstrated by multiple like um protests and walkouts and um uh delayed work days um that have been organized by riot staff and i think the same thing happened with activision blizzard when this went down um but that doesn't change the fact that by and large um the company as an entity is still making these kind of like irksome decisions so i mean it's still a complicated thing even i'm not sure how to feel about it um yeah well my issue with riot um and i think we need to move yeah, on yeah, to yeah. the other thing because we'll, <laughs> we'll um, run out of time yeah um I, just to put it I, you know I, I acknowledge everything you said um uh like what you like i mean make your own decisions but be aware of the choices yeah. that you make the impact it has my issue with riot and is it was so horrible i mean if you compare you could you know make equations with with this and and what happened with the streamer but 
for me, right, was so horrible and it was so such so so systemic mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really bad. You know, but we'll move on and I'm gonna do something to guarantee that we won't get downloaded in China. So <laughs> free Hong Kong. Me afraid nobody come true. <laughs> me afraid of China bring yeah. China. <laughs> right China that's Brandon speaking the thoughts and opinions right. expressed by Brandon Alexi uh, are not the opinions uh, not um, of the entire <laughs> staff and production crew of um, the world yeah. politics um, but I would encourage anyone who's listening to actually do some research into what um, the protesters are protesting mm-hmm. about educate yourself so that you can have educational discussions around this topic and the impact that this this kind of China money can have uh, on the world. Yes, yeah. I think. It's like, you know, I want to move on to Paris yes, from one part of Asia to the next. Um, do you know people think from that one part people, because... Do you know that people think that Parasite is Chinese somehow? <laughs> that has also been like a yeah. super strange part of this whole conversation. But I'll let you start. It. That annoys me. That annoys me. Because Bung, Bung Jong Ho is in my top five favorite directors. He's in my house. So I was excited. He's recently gone. Yeah, he, I, I was excited when I saw everything leading up to Parasite and I actually follow um, this person on Twitter. So I have my Twitter separated and have my Asian representation Twitter feed. Oh. So I got, yeah, I got my full heads on about Parasite. I watched Parasite about two or three weeks ago. It was definitely before the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about him as a director is he is one of, of he's a very masterful storyteller. And like I had a friend who hated Parasite, and then I and and I feel it was because of the amount of visual effort he puts into his films. Mm-hmm. Like she just didn't see it, didn't care. I don't know if it was because she had to read, because apparently that's a problem for people who've never grown up on anime or something like that. <laughs> and don't know it's better. It's better for subs than dubs. I'm no, all right. Yo, people who right? believe that sub than dub. Firstly, before we go any huh? further, people who think that yes. subs, people who think that dubs are better than subs, dubs. are just yes. wrong. Let's you know that this is a major controversial that's, topic. That that's their <laughs> business. This is not a controversy for me. If you like dubs, you like dotishness, subs all the way. Just subs all the way. I mean, you get the you get the emotion of the the person in their native yeah. language. And there's some that don't translate some, cleanly as well. That you yeah. have to somebody in a recording booth who's like, oh, I'm getting paid for this. Yes. Go cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I was so happy to see them take all the honors. I was so happy to see the bomb just basically casting shade on tons of Americans um, calling the Oscars a local <laughs> awards show. It was, it was so good. I mean, I mean, he didn't mean it disrespectfully. Was just no, like, I think he yeah, took him at the disrespectfully. Well, I'm, I'm, it, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> But the thing, what what kind of really strikes me is is how right he is. Is yeah. people had visceral reactions to the idea of Parasite, not just being nominated but winning. There are entire like 
yeah. rants their entire like video rants on youtube from like um movie goers and movie reviewers about how parasite should not have win, won an oscar let it win an award somewhere else um because there are more movies that are that are important and worthy of american um accolades and i'm like bro what <laughs> get over yourself get over yourself and, and here's the thing very i'm very passionate about parasite and here's the thing that also annoyed me with even with all the honors that parasite got Parasite is the second Asian um, film in the last few years to win um, awards in, you know, directing, writing, and so on. And yet, no actor was nominated. What was the other one? Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. And now Parasite. And for me, this, and I don't know if you've seen The Farewell, but I would advise you to watch The Farewell. I want to so bad. Aquafina, I I mean, I have my issues with Aquafina. That's for another really? podcast. Um, yeah, you know, well, it's the whole um, uh, her, her code switching gotcha, gotcha. and how she, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's complicated. I mean, I don't hate Aquafina. I mean, I just would like her to reckon with it. You you do it. So just reckon with it. We cool. We, you know, we're we down with you. We like the way, the trajectory your, your career is taking. But the farewell is just some beautiful performances in the farewell and i felt it was you know it's it's so sad that and 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 i'm seeing all of this and i do have my own issues with the academy awards like i didn't watch it i didn't watch it either it's just just (laughs) a very weird like obnoxiously white pay to win contest and that's i think that's the most upsetting thing about it is it's like it's yeah. just it's just a pay to win contest. If I wanted, yeah. if I wanted to watch an award show that wasn't an awards show, I'd watch the MTV Movie Awards, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the, the, the only thing I res- I acknowledge it for is that yes, an Academy Award gives you accolades and opportunities, yeah. and that's that's what I, I credit it for. I, I it also creates a backlash because I felt that. Um, for example, um, in the costume department, that um, my name is Dolomite. Right. Um, Eddie Murphy movie should have been nominated. Just if you watch the movie and you watch the costuming, and it's Ruth Carter who just won an Oscar last mm-hmm. year, and he's like, "Nope, we're not even considering it." It kind of, you know, that's the part of the Academy Awards that just annoys me. Yeah. But I do, yeah, I do. I'm glad that a lot of people are being exposed to cinema outside of the u.s through parasite the big question now is what's the impact and sadly i'll have to be the cynic and i don't think much explain <laughs> explain what you mean when you say you don't think much i i think that so like there are a lot of um i think the sad thing that's going to happen because i know people like brad pitt and quentin tarantino would like to hook up and do a, a movie with him. And I'm afraid that... Now, I love Snowpiercer, and it was really good seeing, you know, the American actors in that. It was what it was. Right. Um, you could... Okja, Okja, Okja on Okja was on fantastic. As well. I loved Okja. Yeah, and I keep... And, and that's the thing. It's how his movies operate on another level. Yeah. It's not just... It, you have the normal level that people could watch, and, and, and yeah, oh, that was fun. But it operates on another level, and I, I, I'm just worried that 
he's gonna the Hollywood train is gonna jump on board because I'm very wary of the HBO Parasite series that is wait that's a thing coming out. Yes, starring Mark Ruffalo. Oh my God, shoot me in my foot, us. Yeah, yeah, that's what. No, I'm, I'm like director. Well, you go, you make money. You, yeah, you, you get that bag, yeah. but you Christ. get that paper, you know. But that's my whole thing, and I'm, I'm just hoping because we, I, I mean, if you really look hard, there's a lot of movies by persons of color that came out last year that was really good. There's one that I want to see, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Is that Oh, it? I haven't heard of that, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there so many good movies that just fell by the wayside by Asian directors, by Black directors, um, by Latin American directors and cast, and we just, it just slipped under the radar. Yeah. And, and, and I'm kind of hoping that because of all the buzz of Parasite, that it's going to raise all of these wonderful movies, um, but I'm still I'm always afraid of the Oscars back, uh, backlash because we are twelve yeah twelve days are slaves and then oh Lord. Oscars are white yeah. yeah so here's my problem with the Oscars and I, I, it, it it's further exasperated by um, like I'm more upset about Bong Joon Ho winning and let me tell you why. Because again, Okja, Okja, I loved Okja when it came out on Netflix. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but when people were suggesting that Okja should have been nominated for an Academy Award, the argument was, and how long was that? Only two years ago, I think. Yeah, about two years, yeah? two years ago. Um, that um, Netflix movies, that straight to stream movies, straight to stream mm-hmm. films, don't count as real films in order for it to be. Um, recognized in that way by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. It needed to be um, distributed through theaters because that is the way that cinema is meant to be consumed. Yeah? To the point that even folks like Steven Spielberg, I think, were talking that tribe. Yeah, right? it was. Um, and then the year afterward, they nominated um, this movie by this Latin American director. God. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Roma. Yeah? And then, yet again, we find ourselves in that position this year with, uh, with some movie. Uh, yeah, the Martin Scorsese, the Irish. The Irishman. And I think Marriage Story was nominated as well. Which Marriage Story was nominated as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, with the Asian-American actress, um, Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. Inside joke. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway. Okay. The thing that, yeah, it, it's just um, the, the Academy doesn't really even have like a very clear idea about what they think they want to exclude. Like the goal, the goal post about um, who gets to play and who gets who doesn't get to play keeps on moving like yeah. every year and then it, it, and, and yeah. it's part of the reason why it's kind of difficult to imagine any of these things really having a point because now we've gotten to the point where um now we've got to the point where Bong Joon-ho could get nominated 
for something that they've made very clear on more than one occasion they don't want him to win. Even when he won, there were people who were attempting to make the argument, basically, um, that he shouldn't be here. After Bong Joon-ho had made two critically acclaimed movies with white people, right? Yeah. And people figured out how to love him. As soon as he decided that he wanted to make a movie with his people in it, everybody was up in arms. Nobody was making, nobody was saying that a Korean should be directing um, Chris Evans in Snowpiercer. But as soon as you start to make a movie with your own people in it, everybody has a blasted problem. Um, And I mean, I I, I kind of can't see the point in 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 uh, in an award system in a in an organization that isn't interested in paying attention to to the vast the vastness of story yeah if the if because it's not the american um uh, academy yeah this is the academy of motion picture arts and sciences there are people from all over the yeah. world who are member who are members of this organization um if if that's the case then we have to understand the the wide range and complexity of the human condition that gets presented in cinema and if we're not interested in that well then let's just watch the mtv movie awards i'm awards yeah because for me animated movies should be nominated should be able to get nominated for best picture yeah they should be if if an animated picture is, is is able to evoke so much emotion and, and performance. Yeah, it should be as well. I mean... I have some animated much. movies that I've seen that are better than some of the movies that get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, before Into the Spider-Verse, I, 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 I love that movie. I, 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 I felt that it should have been in a conversation to be nominated. Yeah. Just based on what it did. Uh, the moments it had. Yeah. It was a strong movie. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the things that we wanted to talk about last year and we didn't get a chance to. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but speaking of things, <laughs> speaking of other things that have happened in the last um, couple of months that we wanted to talk to, talk about rather. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of worried to talk about it because when black people talk about Kobe Bryant now, you had to stay in your, la- you had to stay in a lane. Even Snoop Dogg will send you a message until you stay in your lane before he do you something. So I and all not sure how to approach this. <laughs> but I But I do feel I like talking about Kobe Bryant is super important yeah. still. Yeah. And I could say, like, cause I was sitting down um Yeah, where were uh, you? That's the question that it is asking. Yeah, I was I was actually in front of the television, um, wife was there, and then I saw it come up and I screamed out. What do you really Kobe dead? And I we don't couldn't believe it. I I couldn't my first reaction was such loss. And then later on in the day when I heard his daughter was with him, yeah. I, I cried. I'm not gonna lie. Tears came into my eyes because as a father, that's where it hit me. I was like, My goodness, this man was with his daughter in her final moments. And all I thought about was Kobe and his daughter. I didn't think anything else about Kobe. Just that for someone, because when you think about basketball and basketball greats, all the basketball greats are really still alive. Yesterday I watched the All-Star game and Will Chamberlain is there mm-hmm. with, 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 my, with, with, with Shaq. And all the greats are still alive. And for Kobe, who undoubtedly was a great player, yeah. to pass away like that 
with his daughter and who was to some extent doing some positive things and 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 you know part of his life was acting in a positive manner it was a great loss yeah but with that and with anyone passing you have to talk about the totality of their life you know you have to 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 talk about the things that did have an impact to many people and i think tarana book had the perfect response. And I if you do not follow Tarana Burke on, 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 on Twitter, I really advise you follow her just so that you can feel at ease as someone who is a true activist. And for, for me, someone who knows to say the right thing at the right time, Tarana, rather than going on the Kobe myth-making train or going on the, remember, Kobe is at this train, she simply posted what to do in times of loss. She posted a little chart, basically for people who were dealing with the complex emotions of how you feel like Kobe's died or how you feel like Kobe's, what Kobe did in his life had an impact on you as a survivor. And, and that was it. And she just left us up open if anybody wanted to have any conversations or anything like that. And for me, that, that was such a great thing. But in the days after that, we have to discuss Kobe's entire legacy. I think we kind of have to. Yeah. Here's the reason why I think it's super important that we have to talk about it. Is that, I mean, I was relatively young when the allegations uh, against um, Kobe were made. I forgot when, I, and it, it's also kind of emblematic about how like we talk about um the passing of celebrity or like celebrity in general. And I think everybody will have their own um, unique positions about it. But when I told my wife that, uh, that Kobe had passed away, her response was, what a shame. He was one of the good ones. And like, no, she asked, she was like, yeah. he, he was a good one. Right. So, <laughs> So it, we should feel sad, I guess. Not necessarily yeah. asking it with that intent, but just like there was, yeah. there was a, like, there was a, there was a filter that that had to go through, and yeah. and my response was, yeah, as far as I know, he never do nobody nothing. Um, <laughs> and I and I that's the thing. I just I just clean forgot that there were ever these allegations made against Kobe yeah. Bryant, despite the fact that I was in my teens when it happened. I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was old enough to know that that was a thing that we should be concerned about. Um, And the fact that we could get to that point just... If we could get to the point in one lifetime where we completely forget that someone had done something um, that we objectively find reprehensible, yeah? Um, and, And we are expected to not be able to bring that up, that we should not talk about those things because he's dead. But then how are we supposed to remember? How are we supposed to continue to engage with the with the facts of the matter that these things are reprehensible and that people for whom we have a lot of feelings, yeah, were once upon a time um, alleged to have committed these acts? Yeah, and, and for me, the other thing is because I remember it clearly because I was a, um, a huge basketball fan, I was never really a Kobe fan, um, okay. just for reasons. Um, but just for reasons. I, 
just for reasons. <laughs> it was cool in my day. It was cool to hate on certain players. Like, ah, oh, okay, right. hate on Kobe. You know, oh, he's too good. Ah, and but I believed Kobe, and I fell in. And this is what a lot of people forget: the defense machinery that Kobe had. And I would advise people, you don't have to listen to me. I would advise you, there's a lot of articles out there where you could read what the context of the situation that as it occurred. Right. Tied up in tied up in all of that is the history of white women accusing black men of rape, sexual assault. Yeah, all of that is tied up in it. And I fell into the machine and I remember being I'm not who I am, who I was then. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, she's just looking for money. Yeah, she's just looking for this. And I, and in hindsight now, I view that differently. I also believe, and people should also read up on the whole Black Mamba persona that Kobe took on. It wasn't that, oh, I was bad. It was that I am the villain, so I will play the villain. You know, that was why he took it up. People should read. I just encourage people to read that. Yeah. But what I would say is that Kobe... Who Kobe was when he passed away, sadly, as often happens with men, and it's often an, a, a, it's, it's sadly an excuse that happens, is that Kobe became that person based on the, the things that he did with that survivor. Because of his experience with that survivor, Kobe became, I think Kobe became the person that he was when he passed away, and I think he was on a path to becoming even greater in his personal life in terms of acknowledging certain things and reckoning with his past. I, I think he was on that path. I mean, I don't know, but I think he was on that path. And I acknowledge that. But we also have to acknowledge that rape cases in Colorado changed because of that Kobe allegation. They have done studies on that. So oh, wow. Have to, yeah, they've done studies on, the, on, I think, the amount of persons um, reporting that they were raped fell a little bit after that allegation. They changed certain aspects of how trials are conducted because of that allegation, because th- I think it was three um, websites or so on revealed the name of the survivor. Oh, crap. Yeah. So all of that took place. So that's, why I, right, so that's why I encourage people to read, to understand why survivors who were around at that time feel so visceral about Kobe Bryant because, and this is why I also encourage people to talk to survivors. And because I have that experience, I understand the complex, complex emotions happens. And that's why I talk about what Tarana did, what, what, you know, things like that do. And in times like that, you want to acknowledge the person, but you have to also acknowledge that there are people hurting. And the whole thing about America is America loves myth-making. Mm. And quick example, Charles Lindbergh. All I knew about Charles Lindbergh is he crossed some ocean and he was this great pilot. And then I saw a promo for some HBO series coming out. And I was like, oh no, Charles Lindbergh started the America first thing back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Charles, Charles, Charles Lindbergh was a white supremacist. Yeah, 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 he was down with the Nazis. But if you didn't tell me that, I it would have just be yeah. like, across the ocean. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So we love America. That one really beautiful. Yeah, we, we love the, love the myth making. So sometimes it's good to realize that those great people are still people, and with that, they're messy. Um, 
and I, I would just say, it, and, and, and read up on, on everything surrounding Kobe. You can still have your feelings. And me saying this shouldn't tarnish how you feel about Kobe. If you feel about Kobe that way, me saying that shouldn't take that away. But you should want to know the full experience. I actually and, think I actually think that knowing the full experience is how you maintain that kind of myth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Is that exactly. there was someone who, before we realized what a bad apology for rape allegation was, made a reasonably good one. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I would encourage people to read his apology. His apology is really good. If you judge it by 2020 times, it's... Yeah. It's it's exceptional. If you, yeah, if you judge it by if you judge it by twenty twenty times, it's good. If you judge it by like two thousand times, yeah, <laughs> it's still that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's angelic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fact that he made an apology of his own accord. Yeah. Um and this was before the civil suit, so he, he, yeah, there was really no real obligation to do it. This was after the charges were where she refused to testify. Because basically she said, I've had enough of this. Yeah. A year of, 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 you know, threats and all of that. Of, like, people who don't know you from Adam calling you a bitch. Like, you yeah. wouldn't want to have to deal with that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the fact of the matter is in, in, a, in actively attempting to forget these allegations, we've also, we're also making the decision to actively forget that the steps that he made then... And since then, to his passing, to in some sense redeem himself and uh, to actively become a person that was no longer the mm. person that f- with uh, about whom an allegation like that could be made. Yeah. Um, the thing that crossed my mind, I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine um, about this exact same thing. Um, I recently did a, a presentation, a kind of. Uh, TED Talk, as it were. It's actually, um, uh, there's an organization that recently started in Trinidad and Tobago that does um, Pecha Kucha Nights, which is basically... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I did a talk actually about how um, to engage with um, celebrities and artists who um, do reprehensible things. And I was having a conversation with somebody at the event um, after the con- after the talks. Um, and to there's the conversation kind of ended up translating around Jesus Christ, right? Um, which mm-hmm. is a weird place for conversations like that to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it always happens like that with me. I don't know why. Um, but the interesting thing about Jesus, the interesting thing about every myth, right, is that you need to imagine that these folks are immaculate and pure in yeah. every way, right? That they were born of a virgin and they never, they never kill a mosquito. Um, but the, there's a uncanonized version of there's an uncanonized book of the bible that whether you believe that it is real or not is totally up to you um it's called the the gospel of jesus christ in his younger years right in it there's a passage about jesus legitimately kicking another youth man off a balcony dead right um, and then bringing him back to life as though... Well, I was not going to say, was he testing his... Was, is that like, you know, the origin story of a superhero? Yeah. Superhero powers, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, he, he just kicked this guy down. I was like, yeah, I could bring him back to life and I know that. So I'll just kick him down and kill him and bring him back to life. And everybody's like, what? Are you mad? <laughs> um, there, are lo- there are lots of obvious reasons why some, a story like that would never get 
canonized because we need to imagine Jesus Christ as incapable of doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you want to get, if you want to encourage people, you want to um, ingrain in other human beings the idea that they can be like Christ. We need to imagine that Christ, like I, that Christ, like us, does fuck up sometimes. Yeah. But us, like Christ, can learn to become better versions of ourselves, and that's all. That to me is the the real lesson in talking about these allegations post Kobe's death. Is Kobe may or may not. You get to choose whether you believe that he did or didn't do that. At, uh, um, if he never assaulted that woman, you get to choose that. You get to reckon with that however you want. But if he did, every decision that he made from the apology onward in his life is an example yeah. of how you become the version of yourself that overcomes the worst things that you've done. It is be- because we live in a world as well where either you've never assaulted a woman or you're the worst version of yourself and you will die the worst version of yourself if you've ever done something as reprehensible as that. And I think that there's an obvious and a, a very visceral reason why victims especially would feel something like that. And I can certainly not take that away from them. But I think that we also need to develop a narrative where people do horrible things for which they should do time but also the whole purpose of them doing time and the whole purpose of us holding them accountable is that they don't do that again and no one else learns that that's okay. And if we exist in a world where um, we don't get to talk about people as redeemable, as capable of becoming better versions of themselves, then then, then the conversation becomes kind of useless because now we're saying that as soon as we discover that you've done something reprehensible, you might as well die. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And anyone who's ever made a mistake in their life is always to be judged by their mistake. I think Kobe is a perfect example of someone who, um, who did something or was accused of something at least um, that is very problematic. And whether he did it or not, because it, the, the narrative remains the same even if he didn't, eh? because he got accused of something that he didn't do. And instead of saying, no, all you don't get to say that about me, all you don't know who, who I is, or I is Kobe Bryant. He was like, let's take a moment to acknowledge that people genuinely suffer as a result of this. I will go and apologize. I will go and say that even though I thought that what I did was okay, Clearly, other people have different feelings, and those feelings are valid, and they deserve to feel safe and 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 justified in their feelings. And it is my responsibility as someone with such with such power and such an immense platform to create that atmosphere for people to feel safe. And I will spend every other moment of my life paying for the mistake that I did or did not make, so that people don't have to make that mistake, whether or not they think I did it. Yeah. And if we're not if we're not going to open ourselves up as men, especially, um, to create that kind of platform for all people to feel safe and whole and justified in those kinds of feelings, then we do more damage to them and to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I I want to close by saying um, there's some conversations around Kobe um, and the, the hashtag girl dad trended, and he mm-hmm. talks how how you know he felt fortunate to have four daughters and I encourage people to look at that look at that example of Kobe especially and I mean the mere fact that Kobe started taking helicopters using the helicopter service was 
spend, more, spend time more time with his family. Yeah. So that's the lesson I would like men to take. And also something you just said about Kobe felt that he felt it was consensual, but she may have seen something else. And if you were, as a man, you were raised within the current masculinity model, you have to be honest with yourself. You have done something to a woman that you have felt, and it could be minor, or it could be major, that you had felt was totally cons- consensual and totally cool in your lifetime. If you're a man, you have to acknowledge that. And it wasn't for her. And we as men, I'm taking this opportunity, we as men need to open up ourselves to that and really look at developing new modes for masculinity to be yeah. judged. Let me tell you a quick story with that in mind, actually, because I think it's super interesting, is that I was having a conversation, this was like five years ago, with two male friends of mine um, who didn't understand the the concept of marital rape. And in the course yeah. of like a 10-minute conversation, one of those friends of mine looked at me like wide-eyed, full of mm. fear. And his sen- and the sentence that came out of his mouth was next, bro, I don't know what to do now. I think I raped my girlfriend. Hmm. And just the idea that somebody could say that they did yeah. not know means this, these kinds of conversations are super important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, uh, we have to move on, but I just want to put a, a to put this acknowledgement that even for me, like I, I do a lot of reflection and I, I think within, to be very honest, within the last five years, I firmly crystallize what consent means. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it, it, it's, 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 and that's why I think it's so important that we have these conversations as men with younger boys and you're going to make mistakes, but it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to get on. And I just advise men to keep talking about it. I'll, I'll save my frustrations of these types of conversations for another time. But yeah. I share some of them on social media. Yes. And if you, if you follow, if you want to follow me on social media, um, I'm at Brendan Alexi almost everywhere. Uh, yeah. I'm Marlon T on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We leave those in the description as well so that you could share some of your thoughts about all of these things and more with us as well. Um, really lastly, in this segment, there's yet another Star Wars movie. Yeah. You'll do this one quick. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say, to be honest. I my 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 immediate thoughts are um we've got we've come this far. <laughs> right? Um, and to be honest, I've loved the most recent um Star Wars movies. I think that the direction that they've been taking with the franchise have been getting some some hardcore dude bros upset. That's yeah. their business. I actually have been really refreshed by um, the position that they've taken um, the whole narrative of the Jedi in the last four canon films. Um, mm. But I'm also super exhausted. <laughs> like, this is a franchise that we've been doing now for longer than I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, okay, I've, I've been alive for, for more than it is. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you've lived yeah. for the entire time. I've lived through it. Yeah, I've lived through it. <coughs> it's yeah. lived I, I, it's lived through me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder now that we've made now that we've made we've made this this last particular film, where else is there to go? And I've yet to see the Mandalorian. That's so me neither, actually. Oh, I've been okay. meeting two, but I don't want to watch it without yeah. the wife. Yeah, okay. 
I'm just saying, good job. Yeah, good I job. mean, <laughs> it, my thing about my thing about stuff is it's not it's not fun to watch something if you do actually have. I think that's also why we wanted to do stuff like this, right? You and I, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. it's it's kind of difficult to like really enjoy something if you can't like process and like decompress it afterwards. And that's why these kinds of conversations are super important. Um, yeah. The thing about so my yeah, my quick thoughts is unlike a lot of the internet, it seemed I like the Last Jedi. Like, I was a fan of The Last Jedi. I love uh, The Last Jedi, too. And I liked the direction they were going with The Last Jedi. I didn't like a lot of the so-called undoing that was done here. I still enjoy... The, if I have to look at it, it's kind of like like my relationship with Game of Thrones. Oh, God. <laughs> if, okay. I the, if I have to look at the totality of it, oh, yeah, I enjoy the ride. Um, maybe the end... It's not as bad for me, my experience, with the ending of Game of Thrones in terms of it dropped, you know, I felt like, oh, my goodness. It wasn't as bad as that. Right. Um, Alpatine thing did kind of, but I'll, I'll live. So, But in all in all, if I have to look at the the three films, yeah, I, I, it's, it's enjoyable. I'll, I'll give it a watch again. I'll, I'll take a Saturday probably sometime in the future and watch all three back-to-back maybe, possibly, you know. So, yeah, so... I mean, it was great, but it was good. I'm gonna say something that will get most people mad, but I'm gonna say it anyway because hashtag ratings. Um, if I had to choose, and I'll pose it as a question: if you could, if you could choose for only three movies in the entire Star Wars franchise, the entire Star Wars canon, to be the only three movies that exist. Which three would you choose? Um, I think it would be New Hope, Empire, and Last Jedi, which is I don't think is a lot of people's choices. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nobody would choose any of the movies in the last four. Yeah. I'm gonna choose uh, an even angrier list. <laughs> I'll, uh, uh, I'll still keep. I'll still keep New Hope. I, so uh, two of the movies that you chose, I choose. I'll keep A New Hope and I'll keep The Last Jedi. The one I in the know middle, where this is going. The one in the middle, Rogue One. Fight me. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought we were going with the the the, the three. Oh, no, I would never choose uh, the three in the middle. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going there and I was a bit worried because I know you're a millennial and <laughs> that was your Star Wars. That was, not like my Star Wars. that was, was not my Star Wars. That was not my Star Wars. Those movies were bad, bro. Rogue um, One is such an underrated movie. Right? It is such... An, an, and the saddest thing for me, I don't like to watch Rogue One because every time I watch Rogue One, I say I'm not getting any anything with the, this group of people again. Mm-hmm. And that annoys me. Yeah. That's what annoys me about Rogue One. Because there's there's there's, a, there's some great performances in Rogue One. There's some great knitting everything together. Yes, I could do without the um, the CGI people and <laughs> the aging <laughs> technology and all of that crap. I could oh, be, be without that. But but other than that, it's really an underrated um, Star Wars film. Yeah, and I think and it's, it's a good Star Wars film. Yeah, and I think that that's a lot of my thoughts about this last Star Wars movie is that I feel like, I feel like they went in such, 
an interesting direction for a franchise that we felt we knew inside out. It's kind of difficult to make a movie about a franchise that we feel like we know everything about. And here comes here comes these these movies within the last five years that completely flip the script on everything that we understand about Jedi, about the Force. Um, some of the decisions I feel were kind of like kind of hamfisted. But just the idea that we can continue to discover about a franchise that some people spent their entire lives with um, is kind of stellar and incredible and that they created it for a generation of people who don't have either of the, the previous um, two trilogies as a reference point and still give mm-hmm. them something that they can enjoy and latch onto, that we can t- continue to make Star Wars that would reach Star Wars movies that would reach new people in the 2010s is kind of remarkable and then a bunch of like neckbeards shot on it because it's not the exact same movies that they saw when they were younger it can't be because we in the 2010s bro like (laughs) if you want to watch the old movies get a blu-ray put it into your ps4 and sit down and watch it and nobody could fault you for that because those are great movies as well but if we're going to continue yeah. to engage with this in the 21st century, we, we, we have to continue we have to continue rediscovering. That's the whole point. And I thought that these, these movies were a great example of that, and I'm super frustrated at how much hate it got. And that's why that's kind of why I think that that um, that it ends here is that I think it's just exhausting for us to have to deal with the same old people saying the same old tired shit um for another three movies because you know if they're making a next one they make it a next three (laughs) and i don't think that anybody had the time or patience for people to tell people you can't you're not allowed to tell these stories yeah and i think i and and i was to let remind people you don't own it disney does disney could do whatever the hell they want to do and they will Right, and they will, <laughs> and they will. Um, I think we're gonna concentrate on beefing up um, Disney Plus, um, yeah, which is sad that we can't get access, even though I've tried, yeah, so ways to do that. If anybody, if anybody outside, if anybody in the US are um listening to this episode of Nerd World Politics, um, you should send it, just just tag, just post about it and tag Disney. Um, let them know that folks in the Caribbean actually, you pay. Yeah, actually really want to pay to watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> we really, really want to. And I think our money is just as valuable as anyone else's. Yeah, I'll, I'll get my credit card on it. Yeah. No, <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Um, and that's also one of the things as well, just to kind of close out this whole segment, when people think that media doesn't have like an impact on, on people in kind of political ways, think about it this way. There are entire communities of people who just don't get to watch the things that you watch simply yeah. because of a, simply as a consequence of where they were born. Um, and if we do have conversations about that, at least, about how, where you grew up and what you look like and um, where you live has has imp- implications on even the th- kinds of things that you get to enjoy. Um, if we don't get to talk about that, then what we're saying is that there are some kinds of people who don't get to enjoy things. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the whole Star okay. Wars thing, too, is that there are some people yeah. who thought that some people just didn't, should not get to, to have a Star Wars that was for them. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love John Boyega. 
I still don't like Finn. I'm sorry. No, I love Finn. I just there's just, some stab- stab- there's just something about I'm how stab- dumb he is that makes me feel like I could be in Star Wars too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right then. Maybe yeah. I look at myself differently. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I've never. I think that's. But that's what I mean about like a Star Wars. That's for them. Is that there are some yeah. people. There's some people like me who don't think that they would ever be um, the wise and connected Jedi or even the handsome debonair rogue um, like Han Solo. But I could be a klutz. I could be a klutz with a... Uh, I could be a klutz with a gun. <laughs> what, and what, I would say, <laughs> what I would say, and I expect it to be filled out in comics and novelizations, mm-hmm. is that there, there is... Finn always had... A much deeper the, story. A much deeper story. And there was a line when he was speaking to the other um, stormtroopers who also went against their conditioning that indicated... Because they said, oh, we just... All at once, we just knew this was wrong. And that is the spark of a really interesting story. Yeah. What is it about the stormtrooper training? What is it about them that they just break at that point you know there's a lot that they could have done there maybe they didn't have the time and that's it's not that i hate finn is that i could just see how much of finn could be developed and how many missed opportunities i felt with the character because i did identify with the character it's just i felt oh we could just do a little bit more and and justice for for kelly tran and yeah i i I wanted to to get bigger roles in other things. Um, she's good. She's, she's actually good. really good. She's really good, and and uh, I would have loved a bigger role for her. Yeah. After the events of the Last Jedi, but say lavi. Yeah. Post that's, that's French. That's French, folks. <laughs> uh, you'll have people thinking that Trinidad and Tobago is not in a language; it's French, eh? Yes, we speak two languages. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what accent. What I don't that? know what accent. <laughs> I don't know where I we went. We speak there. Italian as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, we multilingual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and there's a lot more that we could have spoken about that we've missed in the last year, but um, we have to move to our truly bizarre story in a bit. Um, if there's any thoughts or things that you wanted us to talk about from 2019, um, please feel free to hit us up on social media and share your thoughts with us. We'd love to have conversations about those kinds of things. I know certainly that I would. Um, and to connect with folks who saw the episode and um, listened to something that they liked or didn't like, if you want to argue with me about the last Star Wars movie, I'm totally fine with that too. <laughs> I don't know if any of you remember this rapper slash singer from like a decade and a half ago. His name's T-Pain. I bet you didn't know that he was still actively making music despite winning a reality show, singing competition that you likely didn't watch and releasing a new album you no doubt didn't listen to both just last year. But neither of those things are the reason that he's being talked about today though. Today... He is the proud owner of the website, I kid you not, fucktpain.com, inclusive of its own merch store and everything. (laughs) The story, as he tells it, 
is that he bought the website out from under malicious hater and decided to keep it up instead of dismantle it. But a couple clever folks on the internet didn't take long to discover that the website's domain apparently never actually changed ownership, which means that the person who owns and maintains the website now is the exact same person who owned it when it first came out. Celebs do a lot of weird things, but I think this is the first time that I've heard of a rapper hiring someone to make his own hate site just so he could wait a couple of months to say that he bought it himself. This is bizarre and hilarious, and I, I just have to talk about it. We this just is, have to talk this about it. so, so crazy. And then, <laughs> and then you, you told me earlier on he cosplayed as a Tekken 7 character as well last yeah. year. And I'm going to play Tekken 7 as soon as we, we sign off here in honor of T-Pain. Yes, T-Pain, What he really wants, yeah, what he really wants is for you to buy a fuck T-Pain I said what I said. I'm going to be playing Tekken 7. Nothing. But this is, this is crazy, brilliant, and crazy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It is both of those things. Uh, it is crazy. A lot of things about T-Pain since like 2019 has been crazy. Yeah. Because, like he wore this, um, it's called the Masked Singer. I only found that out today. Yeah, no, like nobody's watched. I can't think of, I don't know anyone. If you've seen the Masked Singer and you're listening to this episode, tweet at me. I really need to have, I really need to talk to someone who's watched the Masked Singer. I don't know anyone who, it was a super clever concept. It was the, they had 12 um, celebs from across various fields. Like and I, I, I think this wasn't the first time they had it. I think it... it oh, no, that like, was the first time. That was the first sure? time. Only, I think it was an ongoing series. They've only made 10 episodes of the show. There's oh. no more of the masked set. Okay. For obvious reasons, because nobody was watching it. Um, but yeah, it was a super clever concept. They got these 12 celebrities. Some of them were like ex-footballers. Some of the... Um, uh, there was a rapper, a comedian, all kind of madness, right? Um, and they all competed in the singing competition with their identities masked. And you only reveal the identities of the person, the people who lose up until you get to the winner. Um, so nobody even knew. But and I think that was also just like a very poor marketing tool is that nobody knew that you were competing in this show until you won. <laughs> and then he tried to use his winning to promote a new album um, that I'm willing to bet. I don't even think that there are any singles of this album. So the album is called One Up. Um, and I don't think that it has any singles. <laughs> now that I think about it, I, know, I don't know anything about this album. Um, I do know that last year as well, he did a... Um, he beat Gladys Knight. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, he beat Gladys Knight, yeah. He beat Gladys Knight. He beat who else was in this competition? Well, boy? Um, Margaret Cho and, and and Antonio Brown, who's an NFL yeah, player. Yeah, there's just like a bunch of weird folks in the yeah. So Gladys Knight came third. Donny Osmond, which is also super interesting, is that the yeah. only three people who won had some singing experience. There was a foot. There was an NFL. There are two NFL players on. Our yeah, and, Antonio so Brown. Yeah, and Terry Bradshaw, who I don't know. Antonio Brown actually, Antonio Brown people know him, but for yeah he was out first, man. Yeah, no, but and also people know Antonio Brown for all of the wrong reasons. He 
um, had a sexual assault allegation made against him um, uh, in, in 2019, uh, which was the same year that he was in the show. Um, uh, I think he's due to. I think he's going to. Um, I think Antonio Brown is supposed to fight. Um, it's supposed to be in a boxing match with um, Logan Paul this year. Uh, like that. This is a wild uh, world that we live in. The world is the world is insane. Um, climate change is real. Um, vaccinations are important. Um, all things that we never thought we'd have to see <laughs> in 2020. Um, but yeah, so he won this show. Um, he released an album literally immediately afterwards. The album has no singles. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's not much. I don't even know what to say. So, like, he's just had like a very weird 2019, and I guess the only thing that he could think of to like to like put himself in the public sphere was to make a website called Fuck T Pain. And then just kind of like sit on it. So he, I guess he was thinking, well, if nobody, nobody, if nobody likes my shit, then people have to like hate my shit, right? Um, so maybe if I sell fuck T paid merch, people will be like, <laughs> T pain, fuck T pain. Um, but then like I guess the site wasn't getting traffic either, so he just decided to. And this happened all today, by the way. This yeah. all happened on the seventeenth of February when we're recording this. Um. That he was like, he went on on Twitter and said, so, yeah, um, I just bought the website Fuck T-Pain and I'm keeping it up so that you could support me through the website Fuck T-Pain. What? (laughs) Um, And then literally less than an hour later, somebody tweeted right under it and said, but wait a second. Some things or something's pretty fishy about this. And that's how we found out that the person who owned the website when it was created is the same person who owns it now. I'm so sad for T Pain. That's the only thing I could say. But um I'm no, buying, I mean, you, I'm buying you a jersey for your birthday though. That's that's yes, that's please. No, I desperately need a fuck T Pain t shirt. Because I think this is wild. Yeah. Um the thing that makes it super interesting, and that's why I say that it's both, it's both crazy and brilliant, is that now he has all of this really intense press about him having a website called Fuck T-Pain. T-Pain fans are going to buy Fuck T-Pain merch because it's T-Pain's. People who genuinely don't like T-Pain might be tricked into buying a website, but now people who are so angry about being tricked by T-Pain like this, if they decide fuck T-Pain now, they'd still have to buy a fuck T-Pain t-shirt from T-Pain. There's no... So I so I don't even get to hate T-Pain without T-Pain making money. Like, this, this is... It's the ultimate... It's the ultimate cash grab. And I can't think of a better way to do it, especially if nobody is really on your shit. I'm, I'm right right now. I'm setting a Google alert. I'm setting a Google alert for T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am I am pledging to follow T-Pain for this entire year. <laughs> <laughs> he desperately needs the attention, you guys. Like, yeah, there's, um, there's, 
I'm going on Twitter right now. I'm going to follow. Are you going to follow TPN? You yeah. know what's interesting? TPN plays Overwatch too. Okay, I'm going to invite him to play a game with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he plays on Xbox too. I don't think he plays on Xbox. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> TPN and follow. There you go. So I'm following TPN so, now. It's so insane. Like, who comes up with this shit? Could you imagine being so like. I don't know. I don't know if it's entitlement. I don't know if it's insanity. Wait, T Pain was on We Bear Bears. Okay, I'm gonna watch that episode. What the hell is that? We Bear Bears. Okay, all right. We we <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have an episode devoted to We Bear Bears. All right. That's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm going on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. T Pain, I'm supporting you, dude. I am um, buying <laughs> your album. No, you're not. You're not going to buy a T-Pain album. You're not even going to... It, you know what would be worse is if you buy it and you still don't listen to it. Because nobody... Yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what? And I think that's the most sad... I think that's the saddest thing about all of this. Is actually yeah. a T-Pain is... T-Pain is an incredibly talented artist. Yeah. Who... He's like... This will sound real harsh. He's like... The Mariah Carey. Oh my rap. goodness! <laughs> okay. He's like this. He's like this super talented artist that you probably can't name five songs from. Can you name five Mariah Carey songs that yeah. are not Christmas songs? Oh come on, man! You took nope. it. <laughs> no, no, yes. no, 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 no. That's cheap. The other one, one she did with, did with ODB. That's um, not the name of a song. Yeah. <laughs> he has a, a song with Old Dirty Bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's, a story, there's a story around the recording of that that I'll have to find and post. Um, but yeah, the story around the recording of that is is awesome. That's and, wild. Yeah, and I'm, I am currently not searching her songs. So I... <laughs> Lies. I just remember her songs like Without You. That <laughs> when you believe... Obsessed. Oh, fantasy! I do remember fantasy, though. You don't remember and, fantasy because I don't remember fantasy. We're and once, remember. one sweet day, one sweet day, one sweet day. You're just making up song titles. No, that's I, that song. That's a song. Vision of vision of love. Come on, vision of love. We all know vision of love. So. Nobody knows these songs. No, no, no. Ah, yeah, vision of love. You gotta. <laughs> Yes. Nobody knows these songs. I've never heard of these songs. I don't like life. what you just said about Mariah Carey. Mariah no, Carey. I, like, no but I think that uh, I think that she's super talented. Just like the same way that I think that T Pain is super talented. T Pain has a has a, a Tiny Desk concert, an NPR Tiny Desk concert that I think in 2018. That is literally my favorite Tiny Desk concert. Um, <laughs> but he's like, and to, to to bring it even closer to home, um, in Trinidad and Tobago, T Pain is like Swappy. Swappy is, yeah, no, Swappy, Swappy, real bad, you know. Swappy <laughs> is one of the most lyrically and musically talented. I will put it. I will. Put it, I will put this on the internet that I think that Swappy is one of the most musically talented soca artists in Trinidad and Tobago. But you never listen to any of his music, though, and neither have I. <laughs> and it's just facts. Oh I can tell you. You I can are, tell you. You're harsh. Well, I mean, that's the facts, you know. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to put water in my mouth for T-Pain. Fuck T-Pain.com. <laughs> uh, 
T-Pain is loving this. <laughs> You're getting yeah, T-Pain just getting royalty off of this episode. Um, this is how I show T-Pain my love, by shitting on him on a, on a podcast. Um, just the way that he intended. Um, but yeah, I, 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 T-Pain, I think T-Pain is super talented, but all of these songs that I know from T-Pain came out in like 2006. Um, and like since then, he hasn't really... Um, made a name for himself, except by making a shitty website that was intended to like shit on him. Um, and I can't imagine like what like what kind of headspace you need to be in to be like you know, you know what I need to do to get my career back on track. I need to pay somebody to make a website that literally says "fuck me," and then make people buy stuff from it, <laughs> and then tell them that I bought it. I bought the website that says "fuck me." Yeah, could you imagine that we that that we make a website that says "fuck Nerdwill Politics TT"? Yeah. <laughs> and no, be like, I'm, the only way that you can get to listen to this podcast is to go to "fuck Nerdwill Politics Do you, not go. You don't know do how not, you have me feeling bad for TT right now. Why? I mean, no, it's like I'm. You know, now you have me reminiscing the T Pain app that he came out with. The dude was, app? yeah, he had an I am T Pain app that you could have, you know, do your auto tune stuff. This back like in the two thousand eight or something. I, this like is that. the first time I'm hearing about any of yeah. this. What is this? No, T Pain was at the he was at the cusp of hey, I'm gonna be all of these things, you know. That's for real. He had an app in twenty ten. Do you want to hear something super? Do you want to hear something similarly weird? Uh, Jeremy Renner had an app as well. Yeah, Jeremy no, let's Renner. not talk about Jeremy Renner and his horrible app and his horrible um, album. Oh, have you used it? No, have no, no. It? I oh. haven't. I have. I've heard. To, I've heard one Jeremy, Jeremy Renner song. I the didn't know he, he goes, had a whole album. The one where he goes or something like that. Oh no, not that one. Well, now I need to hear that one. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, yeah, but Jeremy Renner had this app. For those who don't know, Jeremy Renner yeah, had this app. Guy. Fuck no. I'm, okay, that was extreme. So, oh my god, he should have died. So, should have jumped wow. off. Wow, I thought that he should have jumped off too, but that's yeah. not a different story. Um, Jerry and I had this app that was basically it was Instagram. like a fan app. Yeah, yeah, it was a fan app, but it's basically Instagram, except only Jeremy Renner gets to post on it. Yeah, and you have to you have to spend actual real money to be able to like on the app, but you can only like Jeremy Renner photos because Jeremy Renner is the only person who can post on the app. Sad. But then, but do you know why it came down? Do you know why the the, the yeah? And then somebody um uh uh do uh um they hacked it or some crap so. No, no, it's it's even it's even more mundane and creepy and weird than that. It's it, so it wasn't taken down because it was a bad fucking app, which it was, and it wasn't taken down because it j- was just a glitchy mess, which it also was. There were instances where people were buying thousands of stars, um, which is their equivalent of likes. So you so you spend like fifteen dollars for like three thousand stars. But you but you spend stars in the tens. So you weren't getting three thousand, you were getting three hundred. It was just super strange and glitchy. But none of those reasons are the reason why it was taken down. It got taken down 
because people were making accounts um, using the names of not just other celebrities, but like mass murderers and <laughs> posting on people's comments and Jeremy Renner photos. And it just got super, it just got so bizarre. So like other people were impersonating Jeremy Renner, trying to get them to buy likes for them. Um, people were pretending to be um, um, like uh, serial killers and stuff, trying to just like creep people out and get them to leave the app. And then like out of nowhere, Jeremy just closed the app and told no one. <laughs> Celebrity is such a drug, horse. Like, could you imagine the kind of place that you have to be in life where you're just like, I want to make Instagram, but for me, and the only person who could post on it is me, and the only person who you can like is me, and it wasn't even that he was posting new photos, he was literally just posting the exact same photos he posted on Instagram on the app at the exact same time with the same captions and everything. So crazy. What? I, I want to be so, I want to be so rich. I, I, could you, I want to be so rich that I can imagine, I can reasonably imagine making a website that is making an entire platform, an entire application that is just about people looking at my dumb face all day, every day and I, paying money to do it. Okay. I just, you... I just followed T-Pain on Twitch. So... <laughs> When was the last time he had a stream? Actually, I don't know. I don't know. It's some sketchy things with his Twitch stream. Stream and, and um, yeah, but I, yeah. I want him to do a live. I want him to do a live stream about fucktp.com. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm gonna put notifications. <laughs> um, I you know I I just had to talk about it because I thought it was so bizarre, and I'm sure that most people don't know because nobody listens to T Pain. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I just think like it's super strange to like to be in that place, especially and I, I do genuinely think that it's sad though because I do genuinely think that T Pain is talented. But fuck my guy, like what? What is this? What is this? What is this? What is all of this? And if you go on the website, I'm going on the website right now. It's a nicely done website. This is. It is a nicely done website. But you know what would be even weirder? Like, if you just took it down already? <laughs> no, it's still up. <laughs> it's still up, yeah. And the page opens. So if you are not so inclined to go on it because you don't care that much, the homepage is literally just a bunch of tweets about how T-Pain is trash. And then when you click on it, it's just a merch store. It is just a merch store with four T-shirts. If you're buying one from it, if you're buying one for me, it has what to size? be the top hat one. It has to be the missing give your size. One. Give your size. So I'm a medium. Um, <laughs> this is so great. Could you imagine what needs to be going on in someone's head to be like, oh my god, tell me. I tell me this is not the greatest story of 2020. <laughs> of all of all the things that are happening in the world, people. People are re rejecting um, uh, uh, vaccinations to the point where otherwise extinct diseases are um, back in the public eye. 
people are using virus outbreaks as an opportunity to be racist against um, communities of people. Um, Donald Trump might win another election. Let's uh, not go there. Um, no, I mean, it's just like the world is such a hot and messy place. Um, and I don't say any of these things to alienate people in particular. I just mean like there are just so many strange and and, and complex stories that are going on in the world in the last month um, that that this is like literally the funniest. This is the most uplifting news story that I've heard in the last six months. <laughs> and I don't know what to do about that. But anyway, I think we've spoken. I think we <laughs> give, give, we've given TPN a full 20 minutes of our time. So we yeah, have yeah. to end and I've given him part of my life as well. I'm going to be donating <laughs> blood. T-Pain, you want blood, I'm going to give it to you, boy. I'm supporting you. I believe in you. Yeah, so let's actually end the show with us actually talking about what we like it. Oh, uh, oh um, what I would advise people to watch um, on Netflix that I've liked, I've watched it, it's been a while now. Um, it's Kipo... What's the full name of the show? It's a cartoon. Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. I will, oh, I haven't even heard of that. It is a fantastic little animated series. It hmm. is so nice. It is basically, it's the world has gone to crap. Kipo lived underground and for a reason that will be disclosed, she separated mom from her father and she has to go above ground with all the mutants. She picks up some friends along the way. She picks up some enemies. But the whole thing with Kipo is that she's very optimistic in whatever situation. Her father um, has educated her, so she knows a bunch of stuff, but she's still naive. Um, mm. There's a rap with John Hodgman and a method man or red man. What? Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. It is... There is, there's a lot of awesomeness about the series that I think I'm actually going to do a rewatch. It's a really lovely series. Um, there, there's a lot of good things about it. I don't want to spoil it because there are some secrets about Kipo and some secrets about the relationships in the in the show itself. But I really advise people to give it a watch. Um, my nieces enjoyed it when I put it on. But you could be young or old. It really is a delightful little gem that's on netflix right now and i okay, i tweeted cool. i tweeted at the creator in fact they have a and they oh. tweeted back and so it's really it's really nice really really nice that's and people and uh, yeah and people is um uh half asian um half black and then mm. the first person she meets up is with is a young black girl called wolf and then she actually meets up with another black young man and his mutant friend and so, I mean, there's a lot going on. And, like, my nieces were attracted because the main protagonist was a, a young girl who's very much, you know, aware of what's going on and, and, and super just hype. It's, I, I can't hype it up enough. I really suggest you watch Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. That was a fun ride for me. Okay, cool. Um, I'm actually watching something new on Netflix right now that is surprisingly good despite the fact that i thought that it was just going to be like one of those like um dumb 
like urban sci-fi shows. Um, I started watching October Faction recently. I swear it. I did not know if to watch it. Yeah, no, it's actually surprisingly good. Um, it's not. It's not particularly deep. It's just like your regular run of the mill um, teenagers fight monsters movie. Uh, well, series rather. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's very. It's it's both easy to watch and you can get hooked in it very easily. That's my experience with it so far, um, and it's also super interesting that it has. <clears throat> a relatively diverse cast and thinks very deeply about like how those people would exist in space as these characters um, without, without necessarily being overt about it. Um, so like, it's something that um, people who want more African-American representation in Netflix drama could sit down and enjoy without, um, without people who feel some type of way about that. Also not feeling like they can enjoy just a really, silly tv show um so yeah um that's october faction and i started playing this um new video game uh, recently on steam that i think is just so much adorable fun it's called moonlighter oh yes moonlighter is fun oh you're playing it too yeah 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 moonlighter is fun it's so good it's 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 a lovely concept i love it yeah, just the idea that you play, uh, uh, it's it's mostly just like a top-down dungeon crawler. But whatever you find in that dungeon after you defeat those monsters, you go back to your store and you sell it to folks. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a really adorable um, 8-bit game that I've literally, I've literally played that more than Destiny. I've played that more than Overwatch recently, obviously. I've played that literally more than every other game that I have in my library just in the last three weeks alone. <laughs> yeah, I would suggest uh, Moonlighter, yep. Yeah, for sure. If I had uh, to, if I had to plug a game, um, it would be Slay the Spire. Ooh, I've seen a lot of folks playing that, but Slay, I don't know a lot about it. Slay the Spire, I just... So I have it on the Xbox, and I just bought it for my Switch because I got so addicted. Wow. I want to play it on the go. Um, <laughs> right. um, but it's a card-battling game you have three different archetypes, but the unique thing about it is you're playing against the computer, basically. It's a roguelike, so the cards are randomly generated every time you run. You Ooh. go through the, the set, the, the floors are, are auto-generated. And <clears throat> the beauty of the game, actually, and, and you know, I would need to do an, a longer talk on it, um, is the synergies. So the cards can actually synergize with each other. But because of the randomness, it's a kind of, you know, you have to be kind of lucky and you have to build your strategy as you move on. And the mm-hmm. main thing I could say, so you have the Ironclad, which relies on strength and, and attacks. You have the Silent, who relies on um, poisonous attacks and attacks that cause zero action points by you. And then you have the Defect, who has these orbs that shoot lightning or ice to heal you or dark energy or plasma um it's really really an interesting concept and it's easy to get into but it takes a while to master it um i've actually finished the campaign itself but there's a another level and you can actually go do 20 harder levels where it gets progressively harder and there's the real oh, ending. yeah there's a real ending that i've reached the final boss twice and the final boss has said ha, 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 and kicked me back down 
every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, it's hard when you build. What, what's, what's hard is that you could, and you, there's also relics. It's just a lot. I'm dominating the time because I love the game so much. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. But um, uh, we'll make sure to leave links to all of these things yeah, in the description. For but the, to check the, it out. the unique thing about it is, um, it's 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 once you you like, I had a strategy. I was like, yeah, I'm kicking their butts, and I like literally went to the final boss with like almost all of my life. I had I had the perfect cards, the perfect relics, and. I lost, and and what did I do? I started and started playing once again. It's it's a fun game. It's a fun concept. Um, if you want to see a video on it, um, I'll send you a link that you could also post um, where a guy talks about the synergies and so on in it, so that you can see what what's great about the game. Okay, fantastic. So for those who are listening, I'll make sure to leave all of that in the description down below so that you all can check out these uh, shows and video games for yourself. Um, and please feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you're liking as well. Maybe you can introduce us to something new and we can shout you out on one of our future episodes as well. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us for our very first episode of 2020. Again, apologies for taking so long to be back with you all, but um, we're really thankful to be back on the grind, uh, talking about the things that we love so much, and we hope that you enjoyed it with us. Yeah, and 2020 is going to be a busy year. There's a ton of stuff coming up. There's a ton of series on Netflix I want to talk about. There's some retrospectives from last year I think we need to touch on, so... We're going to try and be super faithful and be super regular. Yeah. Um, please feel free to reach out to us um, on our platforms or through um, our email. It's nerdworldguys at gmail.com. Um, let us know if there's something that you'd really love for us to talk about um, or if there's something that you're liking that you want us to introduce some of our fans to. Um, you can reach out to me, as always, at Brandon Alexi on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, check me on Twitter, Marlon T on Twitter. Okay. Thanks so very much, everybody. Blessings and peace. <laughs>